Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today is a special wrap-up video. As you can see by the title and description, I had a concussion in October and I stopped recording and editing my podcast for a month and a half about. I was not concussed that whole time, but when you stop doing things, it's hard to start doing them again. What is it? An object in motion will stay in motion and an object at rest will stay in rest. Yeah, when I was at rest not doing this, I was just continuing to not do that. And also I wasn't reading a lot when I was concussed because it hurt my head. I would not recommend getting a concussion. Super not fun. You can't do anything because you can't look at your screens and you really don't realize how much of your life is that, especially when you have a job like mine where you work on the computer and you read a lot on your phone. So it was like not this, I didn't really miss the social media. I missed reading. And then I couldn't read physical books either. Well, I did, but there was like a period of like a week where I really didn't at all. And then I was reading pretty slow because it hurt my head. And also I was like, well, I guess I'll go for a walk. Walking, also not fun. So really all there was to do was to lay in my bed listen to some audio books, which I don't have any sort of audio subscription. So I was listening to like not so great ones and color. And I colored probably like 20 mandalas or whatever, mandalas or whatever those are called. And I was bored of that. So anyways, today, so because there's so many books and some of them I read a long time ago, I decided to just put all of them together in here, including the one that I finished earlier this week, because I don't want to record three episodes today. So that's what's going on. So basically, I am going to be, if you listen to my episode after my hiatus, it'll be similar to that, except each book will get a little bit more detailed because there's only five or six. I don't really know. And so I'm going to give a short, brief summary that's not a spoiler for each book and then talk about my feelings about them. Some of the feelings will have spoilers and some of them will not. And I will let you know as we go. So we have a, a good range of genres and we're starting out with YA, The Final Gambit by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, the book that was supposed to be the last book in the Inheritance Games trilogy. But now I guess there's going to be a new book called The Hawthorne Brothers or something like that. I don't know. I saw the cover, but I've read nothing about it, so I don't know what it's about. So this also like fits in really well in an episode like this because the first two books I read during my hiatus in the spring summer and they are covered in that. They don't have their own episode. So if you don't know what the Inheritance Games is, you must live under a rock because that series really blew up. Basically, this is the third book. So in the first one, this random high school girl who's poor inherits a billionaire's fortune and mansion, and he disinherited his family, including his four grandsons. The catch is that she has to live in the mansion for a year with the grandsons, and there's all these puzzles that they're trying to solve. So this third book like picks up almost a year after the events of the second book, and it's She's got like one more week she needs to live in this house before she inherits everything. But then this one final threat shows up. And I'm not going to go into it because it's pretty spoilery for the second one. But basically, like, that's the gist of what's going on. 
It is basically very similar to the first two books in feels, aesthetics, plot. I mean, they're different, but you know, and it just felt like, you know, a return. I had fun with it. I read it very, very quickly, probably in just like three, maybe four days um, of just like reading for an hour. So like, that's pretty quick. And I had fun with it. I have a few spoilery thoughts kind of about the love triangle. So if you don't want to hear that, probably skip ahead about a minute or so. Actually, I would just skip until you hear me start talking about Sign Here by Claudia Lux, which will be the next one because I have another. Okay, so whatever. There might be some spoilers here until we get to the next book. So the love triangle between Avery, Jameson, and Grayson. Why did it return? Avery's now been dating Jameson for like eight months, nine months, 10 months, like a while. And Grayson had like left because he had some sort of breakdown that we kind of get a flashback to in the middle of the book. And then also Toby's real daughter, whose name I don't know what it was. I wrote down Eve question mark. So that's what we're going to be calling her shows up. And Avery is obviously jealous because she really wanted Toby to be her father, but was he was not and said the dirt bag was um but anyways Grayson that this girl looks exactly like what was that girl's name Emily from the first book who was dead that both the brothers fell in love with the first time around and I was not about that I was like this is so convenient she ends up this is more spoilers everybody she ends up betraying them for like such a stupid like it was just so annoying I didn't care for her. Avery was, like, really mean to her, like, throughout the book. And I was like, this is kind of harsh. But also, yeah, she does end up betraying all of you. So, I don't really care. This girl can go kick rocks. As one of my favorite booktubers just says. When she doesn't like somebody, she's like, they can kick rocks. So, I've decided to adopt that because I think it's funny. But I will say, I talked about this when I read the first two books. I'm not going to lie. I think that Avery does belong with Jameson. They make sense together. However, I'd be dating the heck out of Grayson. I don't want Jameson, this reckless guy who like, is he a bad person? No. But like, yo, I want to date Grayson. Don't know what that says about me. I'm not sure what the general, um, pub- how the general public feels about which brother they want to date. Also, we finally got an answer to the Alyssa Nash like, why did they break up and what was, why, what's going on here sort of vibes. So that was nice that we finally got an answer to that. Let's move on to the next book, which was Sign Here by Claudia Lux. Now, I actually DNF'd this book. It was about like a 400-page book and I DNF'd it around 200 pages in. So, I read half of it and there, so this was my October book of the month pick. I didn't like it. I obviously DNF'd it. Part of the reason I DNF'd it was it had some triggering content that was not cool and was making me feel bad. So I said, goodbye book. I cannot read you anymore. I did go and read the like last chapter of it just to kind of see how it all ended. I guess I should tell you what this book is about. So this book is about this worker in hell named Peyote Trip or Pay. And he is trying to collect one last soul so he can can basically um, relive his life on Earth. And it also follows this family whose last name I forgot. And they have a father, like like a father, a mother, and then a son and a daughter. And they have this lake house. And the daughter becomes friends with this girl. 
and then they bring her and lots of bad stuff happens so there were a few issues so why did I pick this book when it doesn't sound like something I would like well in October the October books I felt not that strong about and this was by a debut author and I still needed two more debut authors to like get that final badge for book of the month. I don't think I'm going to get it because I still need one more but I got it and I have a lot of regret. It was a bad choice for many many reasons mostly my mental health. Anyways I'm fine now nothing to really worry about but it was like it was a bad week and I was like, mm, this is a bad book. Not bad because a lot of other people liked it, but just like, you know, maybe look up trigger warnings. Anyways, I, there were a few, one thing I, so basically half the time is spent with Pei in hell and he sort of befriends this woman, Cal, but sort of not. I liked basically everything about that storyline and hated everything about the storyline about the family and like on earth literally none of those like most of those people were not likable they were making bad decisions and I was like bring me back to hell literally I was like I want to go back to hell bring me back to pay and Cal and I just I don't want to know anything about this family so and then the other thing I really didn't like about this book is when we were in hell pay would talk about like the um torture things that would happen to the humans in this like really nonchalant way that made me extremely uncomfortable and I think like here's the thing I think it made me uncomfortable but I think it was like good writing and good like fit the tone of the novel but this novel just was not for me which is why I had to DNF it so I mean it was very Halloween vibe, so we're past that, so I don't know. But if you like that stuff and this has sounded interesting, maybe pick it up, but this is not something I would ever recommend. And just because it had some stuff that was like not, that was like a little triggering for me, I was like, got a, got a blast. And I blasted right into Beach Read by Emily Henry. This was actually my second time reading Beach Read. The first time I read it was in 2020 when it first came out when was it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic march april 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 2020 and i really really liked it the first time so i read it before i ever started my podcast which is why there's no episode on it when there i think the only one that has its own episode is people we meet on vacation because i read book lovers during my hiatus so yeah anyways that all happened. So I read it again because I wanted to read a romance and I went to Barnes and Noble because I had a $50 gift card and they changed the layout of the Barnes and Noble by me. And I also don't like that Barnes and Noble because I can never find what I look, what I want or what I'm looking for. And I feel like it's not set up to browse because I just feel on display. And they moved the romance section to the front of the store right next to the Starbucks. And the week I was there, they had tables and there were these three women just sitting at the tables. And I was not about to browse through the romance books with those women just like eyeing me. And so I didn't buy any. So I was like, let me reread something. I had been wanting to reread Beach Read for a while. So Beach Read is a romance novel. It is about January and she is broke. She's an author of romance novels or women's fiction actually 
And her dad passed away about a year ago. And when she passed, she found out that her dad had been cheating on her mom with this other woman and it had this house in Michigan that she inherits and she and her boyfriend of a long time break up and she's broke and she's having writer's block. So she moves in there and it turns out her college nemesis Gus lives next door. He's also a writer, but he writes like pretentious literary fiction. He's also having writer's block. So the two of them decide to swap genres and whoever sells their book first gets like endorsements by the other person stuff like that and then they obviously fall in love because it's a romance novel super fun like this is class I don't okay I really really liked it a lot however the second time around reading it I didn't like it as the first time as much as the first time that's not to say I didn't like this book but I think a few things since reading this one originally like when I first read this book it was one of the first books I had, one of my first, like, published contemporary romance novels. Prior to that, I was reading Wattpad romance novels, which are, we all know, mostly fake, YA, and I had also recently gotten into reading iBooks free romance novels, which are, like, more legit than Wattpad because, like, they're actual authors and sometimes their first book in the series is free. But, like, I, this was really my first time in the mainstream contemporary romance world. So, I think I've now read a lot more of them since then. So, I don't know if my standards are higher or whatnot. I also was, like, still coming off of that other book and feeling, like, low-key a little depressed. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. So, that could have also played into my enjoyment. It probably did. But it was still a really enjoyable book. Okay, so all of that is to say, sorry, I took a water break. I don't, I don't know where I was, but I still did like it. Some of my favorite things are I really, really liked um, January's best friend Shadi, and I actually don't know if that's how you say her name. I didn't look it up, um, and they mostly interact over text, and it just like when I read it the first time really reminded me of how I would text with one of my high school like friends that I'm still very close with, and so that's really fun. I also really enjoyed all of the stuff about January's like literary fiction novel she was writing about the circus family and I found that very interesting. One thing that was funny to me is that I remembered that being introduced earlier and us reading more of her book because there's like excerpts from that book that she's writing but whatever. I don't really know what it was that made me not like it as much as the first time except for maybe just like my mental state at the time or like that other stuff I said. And also like one thing that was better this time around was the ending. When I read the book the first time, I'm not gonna, there won't be any spoilers here. It just like felt very jarring and like everything happened like really quickly. This time around, I don't know if like I was just paying better attention, but the timeline made more sense to me. And like I bought it a lot more than I did the first time around. So that was Beach Read. After that, I did manage to go to the Barnes & Noble and actually find things in Browse, and I bought For Butter or Worse by Erin LaRosa. Now, part of the reason I bought this is I listened to this podcast called Strange Bedfellows. It used to be uh, the Babysitter's Club Club, where these two middle-aged men would re read, like, literally every single Babysitter's Club novel and talked about it and introduced some absolutely insane lore. I ran into it, that podcast when the Babysitter's Club Netflix show came out 
And I was like obsessed with it. And I search when I get like really into something, I'll search and see if there's any podcasts about it. And so I started to listen to them during that. And then probably just about a year ago um, in fall 2021, they switched, they finished all the Babysitter's Club books. And now they read romance novels or watch romance movies. They started out by reading a lot of romance novels for probably like three or four months. And then they've only watched movies for probably, I don't know, five or six months. And now they are introducing books back slowly. And this first one they've read for a while is For Better or Worse. And so I was like poking around looking at the different romance novels and like I had heard in the episode I had listened to that week that they were going to be reading it soon. I saw it, it looked interesting and I bought it. So basically um, that marketing worked because they were also having the author on the episode and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Okay. So basically for better or worse is about these two people, Nina and the guy, Leo, Leo. And they are two hosts of like a cooking show. Think like just, you know, any sort of generic like cooking show that's on like um, Food Network. And Nina is actually a chef, but she is like kind of harsh. So think of her as kind of like a female Gordon Ramsay. And Leo is a restaurant owner of like a chain Italian restaurant. Think Olive Garden. And he... The two of them fight on air all the time and it's like in the third season of the show and Nina really doesn't like it and they also are both having business issues. Like there are both like Nina's had to close down two of her three restaurants and Leo is like had to close down one of his chains and is maybe going to have to close another and they're filming the finale and it's the first time they've ever done a live taping and a while ago there had been like a holiday episode and one contestant had like a naughty or nice list on their cake or something like that. And Leo was like, well, I'm on the nice list, but I don't know about Nina. And the list actually said like nice or nasty because there wasn't enough room for naughty or it was something like that. So then there was this hashtag nasty Nina that went around. He ends up saying that, uh, calling her that on air and she quits on air. And then the two of them end up faking a relationship after, like, getting caught in a compromising-looking situation by the paparazzi uh, to try and rehab their reputations and their restaurants. And then it goes from there. So, this was fun. It was, like, the first time I've actually liked a romance, like, novel that had to do with food. Because I read, um, last winter I read, what was it, The Holiday Swap, The Christmas Swap? I don't know it was about these two twins and they were one like ran the family bakery and the other one had like a baking show I didn't care about it I didn't care there's been a few other books that I've read that I like I can't think of off the top of my head where like it's kind of like a food-based romance where like somebody's a chef or somebody's on a reality tv cooking or baking show somebody's a baker and like a main part of it is like there's all these descriptions of food and this and that and I normally just don't care that's not to say when I read those free iBooks like small town romance uh, romances where the female character owns a bakery I'm not gonna lie I eat that up I eat that up okay but for some reason in the traditional publishing contemporary world the food romances don't do anything to me I don't like them and, but this one actually worked for me. Like, I actually liked the food aspects of this book. However, the one thing that I am tired of 
that this book used is I'm tired of enemies to lovers because the man is sexist in the beginning. Now, I don't know if this is just because I read some other free iBook where like it was like very similar plot, but I read it like after reading this one. But I just feel like there's plenty of books and they're not always enemies to lovers where like the man just starts off as like, we don't like him because he's sexist. And then it's like, oh, now, like, I, let's become enemies for a better reason. Let's become enemies because we stabbed each other in the back. Let's become enemies because we're competing. Let's become enemies because you dated my best friend and broke her heart. But actually, there's more to the story than that. Like, let's become enemies for something other than sexism, okay? Like, I'm tired of sexism. It's not cute. We don't like it. And... Reading is for escapism, everybody. I was actually talking to one of my coworkers this week and she had like just found out that I had this podcast and was asking me kind of about the types of things I read. Then she was telling me what she reads and we read very different things. Like I read, obviously you guys know, romance, fantasy, sometimes historical fiction, sometimes literary fiction, sometimes YA. She reads a lot of like um, self-help, biography, autobiography, stuff like that. That stuff, that's not escapism. That is not escapism. And I read for enjoyment, not for learning, which, you know, I should probably read for both, but that's a, something we can talk about another time. But all that is to say is that let's have some escapism, sexism. Who's that? Who are you? I don't know, but I'm tired of seeing you as the reason why the main two characters are enemies. Let's get creative. Let's, I'm thinking about Winter's Orbit right now and how in that book, it, it's a sci-fi. So like it's in a completely different world. And in that world, well, maybe there's like colonialism and some, I don't, I guess it, what, it, what's not, not racism, but like ethnic planetism. I don't know, like certain planets are like, whatever. But at least in that world, it's super normal to be part of the LGBTQ community. So let's like bring that in here. And also let's get rid of the planetism as well and the racism and all that jazz. But another thing I liked about this book to get back to um, the for better or worse part of it is it was really fun multimedia part. So like there would be sections in the book where there would be all these headlines or tweets or things like that that had to do with like what was going on in the story between the main two characters. And that was fun. And from listening to the Strange Bedfellows episode, I found out that Erin LaRosa La used to work uh, at BuzzFeed. And so like she has experience doing that stuff. So it's like kind of funny in that way. And I mean, I'm not telling you to listen to Strange Bedfellows. I think you need to listen to at least five episodes before you enjoy it. And that's not really a strong selling point. There's also a lot of lore. And if you're looking to find out what the books or movies they read are actually about, this is not, you should listen to my podcast, not their podcast. But it was kind of fun that they had her on there. They all used to work together, I guess. Um, another thing I liked about it was the ending. So this is a little bit of a spoiler. So skip ahead 30 seconds to a minute to avoid how that, like this is literally a spoiler about the like conflict at the end and then how it's resolved. But I liked that they were both broken up for what was it like three months or something like that before they got back together because both of them had a lot of learning and self-growth that they had to do before they could like have a healthy relationship. 
And so I really enjoyed that fact that all those things had to happen. And also I thought it was interesting, like the ending is not a typical, like wrapped up with a nice bow. They don't, so like Nina quits the show and Leo ends up being fired. This is more spoilers. And um, they don't end up getting the show back. And Nina, more spoilers, Nina does have to close her final restaurant and at the end, it's not like, okay, I have this new restaurant. It's like she's starting this new event. Like, it felt like very much more realistic. And it wasn't realistic in a sad way. There was like hope and they both were forging new paths. So I liked that. Okay, so this last book I'm going to talk about is The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. This is a historical fiction novel set in the 1940s. It's set during World War II. And then there's also a second timeline going on in 1947 right when Queen Elizabeth, or at the time Princess Elizabeth was marrying Prince Philip, there's like a storyline that like coincides with the deadline to the day of the wedding. So this is one of the books my aunt lent me. She also lent me Westbeth Drafts. Go check out that episode. Read that book. It was so fantastic. And so this was the other one. This book was over 600 pages. It was like 620 pages within another 20 pages of historical notes about like what was real and what wasn't that had happened in the book. And so I was like, damn, this book is long. I don't know about it. But it read really quickly. I read about 100 pages a night, which for historical fiction, like, that's a lot of pages. You know what I mean? Normally, a historical fiction will take me longer to get through because, like, they can be kind of dense or they are set in the past. So there's a lot of things I don't know. So I stop and pause and I, like, ponder it and whatever. But anyway, so like I said, this is set during World War II for the most part, and it is about Bentley Park, Benchley Park, BP. Basically, there was this, like, there were all of these code breakers during World War II, and a lot of them ended up being women. So there was this park, and people would, like, enlist there. And so there were men and women who were there. They were breaking the Nazi codes. They also broke, like, Italian and some other stuff as well. And they were figuring out like what messages were being passed around and so that they could then help with the war effort. And so it follows three different women. The first is Mab and she is like from the poor side of London and she has this younger sister and her mom and she's trying to get the money to get them out of London and she ends up like getting a secretarial position there. Then there's Asla, who is a socialite. She's also based off of a real person who, and she dates Prince Philip during the war. And she speaks fluent German. So she's translating the broken codes from German to English. And finally, there's Beth. Beth lives in the town that this like camp is in or this park, whatever. And she, so Mab and Osla ends up, end up getting belayed, which basically means they end up like living with Beth and her parents. And so they end up realizing Beth's really smart and they recommend her for a job. And Beth ends up becoming a code breaker and being very, very good at it. Beth is also probably autistic based kind of on how she acts and the author's historical note. And so then basically it's a story about like their lives during this time and talking about like what it was like to work there. And then in the like 1947 timeline, they have um, Beth is locked up in an asylum basically because they said she's crazy, but there is a traitor 
that she's trying to catch and all three of them no longer talk to each other. There was some sort of falling out. So you're trying to figure out who the traitor is, why they had a falling out, what's happened, things like that. I won't tell you any of those things here to avoid spoilers, but I will say this book is long, but it was worth it. I was, I liked all three women. I liked them for different reasons and I preferred them at different times of the book, but all three of them are very compelling characters with compelling storylines. And I was very, very interested and wanted to know kind of what was going to happen to all of them. And so that was like, I like, despite not always agreeing with the, what they were doing and the decisions they were making, I was rooting for all of them. And by the end, they all kind of do get, not necessarily happily ever after, but they do get kind of like what they're looking for in a way. And that was really great. My favorite storyline, however, was with Mab and Francis, who was, um, he was a war poet. He, he was not a real person. He was like a conglomeration of some actual like World War One war poets. And I ate that storyline up. I cannot speak more about it because of the fact that I chose to put this in here instead of giving it its own episode because I'm lazy. However, like I could talk about that for ages. I thought that part of the book was so good. And the other thing that was really interesting to me was getting to the end and reading what was real and what wasn't. That Oslo was based on a real person. Beth was kind of a conglomeration of two different real women. And Mab was fake except she was kind of like the idea of there were all these secretarial people that could have had lives similar to her. And then also just reading about code breaking in general was super interesting. I will say I had a hard time envisioning what the different devices they were talking about look like. But if I ever go to London, I would absolutely go out to Bentley Park, Benchley Park, I think it was Benchley Park, whatever, BP, and because they now, it's open to the public and um, you can go and they have some of the um, code breaking machines and things like that there for the public to see. That was also interesting was seeing how secrets played a role in their lives because none of them could tell their friends or family what they were actually doing. And you see how that plays a strain on their relationship with others for all three of them. And I also had a good time trying to guess the traitor. I did not guess the traitor correctly, but it, the clues were there and it wasn't like a mystery where it's just like the most least obvious person. Like I thought it was really good and I enjoyed it a lot. So those were all of the books I read while I was concussed other than, well, I guess I also read Westwood Giraffes and Kingdom of the Feared, except both of those got their own episodes. Westwood Giraffes because I was bored out of my mind. So I covered my screen and just talked to add it. Um, so I had something to do in Kingdom of the Feared because I felt like it needed its own episode since the other two books had their own episode. So let me know if you kind of like this format of me doing wrap-ups, talking, like giving a much shorter summary of each book and much briefer thoughts and opinions on them. This is kind of the format that I feel like booktubers do with their monthly wrap-ups instead of giving you a lot of detail about each book, you know. They give you 30 minutes about 10 books and I give you 30 minutes about one book. So let me know kind of what you prefer and I will take that into account. Next week, I think you will be hearing about The Wilder Woman by I don't know who because again, I don't have the book in front of me and I'm not going to go look it up, but I that's what I'm reading right now. So that's probably what will be next. So yeah, there's that. 
And then also please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast that helps other people find it and um, would really help me out. So I'd absolutely appreciate it. You can also follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. I have not been posting since my concussion and I may not post again, but also, but you could still follow me. And if you do want to chat about um, any of these books or just my podcast in general, feel free to email me at ireadabookonceblog at gmail.com and we can chat that way. So with that, my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time.